The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. This episode of The Ziggler Show is brought to you in part by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payments solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fees free, go to braintreepayments.com forward slash Ziggler. All right, Ziggler fans, you're ready for an extra long Zig clip today. I've got one for you. This is show number 337, and the title is What Do You Want? And then How to Make It Happen. I mean, we all love step-by-step directions to make something happen, dot-to-dot, and paint-by-numbers. Zig was the master at doing this for personal development and literally inspiring your true performance. But what do you want? Without being crystal clear on this, everything else is, as they say in the South, pissing in the wind. And Zig was a Southerner, so I think he'd approve of that slang, I hope. In a recent show, Zig made a comment about how much more work we get done on the last day before going on vacation. And it was really profound if you really think it through. Uh, So in this clip, he leads off with the same topic, but drills down much further, which is why I'm queuing it up. Repetition, again, is key. We'd all be better off to cut out 90% of the constant influx of new information we devour every day instead of just getting the repetition of the important messages, the, the input and information that will ultimately stick and become a reality. So in today's show, we're going to drive home a major point of success. Hey, to hear many of the core Ziegler principles of personal, relational, and vocational success, tune into the Art of Charm podcast.com. It brings together entrepreneurs, artists, thinkers, leaders, and all around interesting people to discuss relationships, attraction, life hacking, and success. Go to the art of charm podcast.com or search for the art of charm podcast in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. With me for today's show is Tom Ziegler. Tom, in regards to making desires a reality, I've not heard more profound testimonials of success regarding a resource uh, greater than what people cite who go through the Ziegler Legacy Certification course. I mean, that has just been flat out profound. So many people desire a level of success and achievement that they have not yet, uh, they've not attained, yet those who do did something big. They made a big investment. They took a big leap. So, folks, I mean, you can get full details on the next Ziegler Legacy Certification course at ZieglerCertified.com. And, and if you have specific questions right now, hey, you are free to email me personally at K, as in Kevin, K Miller at Ziegler.com. But, Tom, right now, give us a quick overview of the next event coming up absolutely kevin it's november 16th through the 20th it's the last one of the year so if you've ever had a dream or a desire to go out and make a difference in the lives of others sharing with them life-changing information and you also have just a love or you've been impacted by zig ziglar and the ziglar message around hope and encouragement and how to build winning relationships how to become the right kind of person and how to set goals If you want to be equipped 
to train these legendary programs so that you can impact others, then you need to check out Ziegler Legacy Certification. We're going to have, oh, Kevin, usually we have 20 to 25 people in the class. It's five days. It's very intense. And you walk out of here not only a whole new human being as far as what you know you can do and what you're equipped to do, uh, but we help you work on your dreams too and your goals and what you want to accomplish and we help you set up a, a game plan to go and achieve those. It really is incredible. We now have 127 certified legacy trainers around the world who are out there making a difference. If that's you, if this speaks to your heart, definitely check us out and let's see if we're a fit. And, and folks, I know you hear the word trainer in that. And if you think, gosh, I'm not out training people, this I would hold this up as one of the most amazing things you could ever do just for your personal performance, inspiring your, your true performance. You want to change your life radically, go to this thing and link arms with the Ziegler family, Ziegler team, and your other participants. Uh, it, it, it's dramatic. I also say, you know, it's November. It's the last one of the year. So if you want to make a rock solid start to your new year's, we're actually going to mention new year's resolutions in this clip here or, or in this show. Uh, you want to knock it out of the park with yours, sign up for that. Ha- get it already in the in the hopper instead of waiting till January 1st going, okay, I got to resolve to do something different with my life and then trying to figure it out. Knock it out of the park right now. All right, well, folks, without further ado, strap yourself in. We got nearly 19 minutes right now of pure zig on stage wisdom. Here you go. Now, let me ask all of you a question. How many of you in this live audience and those of you listening to this tape, how many of you consider yourself to be honest and at least reasonably intelligent? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Now, for those of you who did not raise your hands, was it the honesty part or the intelligence part (laughs) that uh, created the turmoil inside? Okay, I'm just teasing. I saw all of the hands go up. Now, let me ask you honest, intelligent people a question. How many of you, as a general rule, get more work done on the day before you go on vacation than you normally get done in two, three, even four days? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Now, if we can figure out why and how and repeat it every day without working any harder, Does it make sense that you'd be more valuable to yourself, your company, your family, and your community? Does that make sense? Answer is yes. I help you with the tough ones, okay? Uh, No question about it. Yes, it does make a whole lot of sense. So let's see if we can do a little exploring and find out why. And uh, here's the first thing. First of all, you've already said to me that you are honest and intelligent. Now, I want to make another profound statement. What you do off the job determines how far you go on the job. Every athlete knows that. Every entertainer knows that. Every public speaker ought to know that. If every other worker doing anything would learn that, then they would be getting ahead much faster in life. They did a study on the typical American plant, and the person working the line on an hourly basis watched an average of 30 hours of television a week. The person in charge of that line watched an average of 25 hours of television a week. The foreman watched an average of 20 hours of television a week. Are you kind of noticing a little trend here? The plant superintendent watched an average of 15 hours of television a week. 
The vice president of the plant watched an average of 12 to 15 hours of television a week. The president watched an average of 8 to 12 hours of television a week. The chairman of the board watched an average of 4 to 8 hours of television a week. And 50% of that time they were watching training videos. Now let me ask you a question. What do you think would happen to that person who's watching 30 hours of television a week if they were to take 10 of those hours and get involved in doing what you're doing right now, listening to these tapes, reading good books, attending valuable seminars, getting that education? Is there a chance that they are a victim of circumstances or is it because they're a victim of inertia? It's easy to go home and sit down in front of the boob tube and, uh, you know, let it dominate or run their life. See, the television doesn't have that much good information. It does some things to you, but the biggest damage television does is what it keeps you from doing. Keeps you from talking to folks, keep you from exercising, keep you from reading, keep you from learning, keep you from associating with other people, developing friendships and a hundred and one other things. Well, now what all of this leads up to is on the night before, the day before vacation, how many of you got out a little sheet of paper and you said to yourself, now self, tomorrow you got to do this and this and th-. how many of you uh, literally did that? Now in its simplest form, that is goal setting. I do a lot of public seminars where I'm fortunate enough to be on the program with some real celebrities in life. I mean, President Ford, President Bush, Schwarzkopf, Colin Powell. Is that okay for name dropping? I mean, people of that nature. Now, don't misunderstand. I don't classify them as buddies, okay? Uh, I'd love to. Don't misunderstand. Uh, I am proud of the fact that the last time I saw Colin Powell, he did give me a big old hug. And uh, since he's one of my heroes, I, you know, I kind of like that. But anyhow, uh, I do a lot of those public seminars. Now, they did a study, and who is they? They is David Jensen, the Chief Administrative Officer for the Crump Institute for Biological Imaging, Department of Pharmacology, UCLA School of Medicine. Now, with a title like that, you know he is somebody, don't you, okay? Well, he's a good friend of mine, too. He did a study on the people who came to the seminars. It represents a broad section of American industry. Everybody from psychiatrists and truck drivers to school teachers and household executives, salespeople, entrepreneurs, business owners, all kinds of people. And those who set goals and developed a plan of action to get there earned an average of $7,401 a month. Those who did not set goals earned an average of $3,397 a month. It's over $4,000 a month different. Now, here's my question. How many of you, as you listen to this tape, I want you to answer the question to yourself. Do you have time to invest another 10 minutes a day to pick up another 4000 bucks a month? <laughs> now, here's the rest of the story. The survey also showed that not only did they earn the additional money, but they were happier and healthier and got along better with the folks at home. People who know where they're going and have a plan to get there are easier to get along with. That's what this really does boil down to. You set those goals. And then uh, you got organized. In other words, you said, well, now, first of all, I'm going to do this one. You know, you kind of lay it out. Kind of see your hand. All right. Now, you get organized. Now, organization is important. Our control at our company uh, is well organized. He even proofreads the Xerox copies we send out. 
about. I mean, I mean, she's detail oriented is what, uh, what I'm saying. Okay. And then once you got it organized, you, uh, uh, you accepted responsibility. You said, this is what I am going to do. You accept the responsibility. Now that's something a lot of us don't like to do. And it goes back to Adam and Eve. You remember the story. They were in the garden of Eden. God gave it all to them. Said, you can have everything you want. And there's a tree right in the middle of the garden. Leave it alone. Don't eat it. Uh, that's, uh, you know, you don't do that. Well, you know what happened. They ate the fruit on the tree. To this day, a lot of people say it was the apple in the tree that caused man's problems. Not so. It was the pear on the ground that created <laughs> the problem. Well, <laughs> uh, you know what happened? God came walking in the garden that evening and he said, Adam, where are you? Now, God knew where Adam was, but he wanted Adam to say, over here, Lord, Adam, did you eat that fruit? Now, God knew the answer, but he wanted Adam to confess up. But Adam did the manly thing and has passed it on uh, to every generation since. He said, Lord, let me tell you about that woman. <laughs> Lord said, Eve, did you eat that fruit? She kept the ball rolling. She said, Lord, let me tell you about that snake. And, of course, snake didn't have a leg to stand on. Now, <laughs> now, for the benefit of you Bible students, I know theologically I don't have a leg to stand on with that last statement either. But here's, here's the point I'm making. You don't have a leg to stand on. I don't have a leg to stand on when we constantly blame other people and the past. Now, realistically, if somebody fouled up your past, come on, you're not going to give them permission to ruin your future, are you? What we got to do is we got to get serious about doing something about our future. We got to get serious about doing things with our lives. Now, let me go ahead and say something you might already have noticed as this kind of breaks down. I speak and write at the seventh grade, ninth month level. Now, the reason I do that deliberately is because I learned a few years ago that if you kept it there, that even the college professors would be able to follow right along with you and understand what you're saying. And see, college professors are people. But like my good friend, Dr. Steve Franklin, a college professor at Emory University, says, you know, Zig, the great truths in life are simple. You don't need three moving parts and four syllables for it to be significant. Think about it for a moment, Zig. He said, the only three pure colors on the face of this earth. But look at what Michelangelo did with those colors. Only ten mathematical digits, but look at what Einstein did with them. Only seven notes, but look what Chopin and Beethoven and Vivaldi did with those seven notes. Look at what Elvis did with two. I mean, it, it just doesn't have to be that significant. Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, delivered after the Battle of Gettysburg, which, as you know, took place during the War of Northern Aggression. It, it just depends on where you got your education. I mean, you know, 262 words. That's all there are in that address. 202 of them, one syllable, simple, direct. John 3, 16, 25 words, 21 of them, one syllable. I believe in keeping it simple. I believe in making it so plain that nobody really can uh, miss what is being said. 
Now, you got organized and you accepted the responsibility and you made the commitment. Now, you know, most people are about as committed as a kamikaze pilot on his 39th mission. I mean, they just don't really take it seriously. I well remember January 7th, 1992, I rode past the Plano, Texas Recreation Center. That's where I do my exercises and weightlifting. Had to stop the weightlifting. I was bulking up, and a lot of folks thought I was on steroids. So, you know, we can't have that. Now, the reason I rode past was because there was not a parking space. I was back over there the next day, and this time I squeezed in. But in the Nautilus room, uh, that lines behind every machine, three, four, five, six deep. Well, you can't exercise three minutes and rest 15. So I went back outside to the desk and I asked the young man, I said, Sean, what on earth's going on? Well, Sean kind of laughed. He said, oh, Ziggy, he said, don't give it a thought. He said, give us about three weeks. This will be back to normal. These are our New Year's resolution people. (laughs) Now, you see, a New Year's resolution is really not anything on earth but a New Year's confession. That's all it is. I confess I've got to lose some weight. I confess I've got to get better organized. I confess I've got to get more education. I confess I've got to spend more time with my family. I confess I've got to quit smoking. I mean, that's all. And the confession lasts as long as it's convenient, involves no trouble, takes no time, involves no pain, and they remember it. But now, having said that, let me also go ahead and say that that confession is extraordinarily important because it can be step one. And you've got to have step one before you can take step two. Now, where it gets to be important is this. If you will tell enough people, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to get an education, I'm going to get better organized, and you repeat it enough times, all of a sudden, one day, it finally breaks through. You know, a message goes 24,000 miles around the world in less than a tenth of a second. Sometimes it takes years for it to get that last one-sixteenth of an inch. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, okay? One day, though it finally gets through, you confess it enough time, and then you verbally stomp your foot and say, I'm going to do it. Now you've made a decision. And the way the mind works is really very simple. Once you've made a decision, then you say to yourself, Now, self, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to get yourself together a plan, feller. Or later, you've got to get a, a, a plan of action. Whether you build a house, you know, want to build a better marriage, get a better education, lose 37 pounds, whatever it is, if you have made a decision, you know, start with the uh, confession, moves to a decision, then you automatically say, hey, I got to get a plan of action. Now, once you've got a logical plan of action that you believe in, then you say, I can do it. Now, you've made the commitment. Now, why is commitment so important? Regardless of what area of life you're in. If you've made a commitment, whether it's to get the education, maintain the marriage, lose the weight or whatever, if you've made the commitment when you hit the wall, not if, when you hit the obstacle, the first thing you think about is, boy, how can I solve the problem? If you haven't made the commitment, boy, how can I get out of this deal? See, we find what we are looking for. Now, on the way to work the next morning, you made the commitment. On the way to work, you're just talking to yourself like crazy. Well, the first thing I'm going to do when I get there is this. And boy, I know I can handle this. And I know I can do that. Yeah, I'll take care of that. Now, when you get there, there's only one change in your organizational structure that you should change. Instead of the most important thing for number one, you ought to put the most disagreeable thing. 
If you've got to go deal with Charlie, if that sucker's been a thorn in your side and you've got to handle the situation today, you go deal with Charlie. Now, if he's number five on the list, you finish number one and you're thinking about Charlie. Finish number two, got to deal with Charlie. Finish number three, got to deal with Charlie. Get Charlie out of the way. Like this old boy down home says, friend, if you're going to have to swallow a frog, you just don't want to look at that sucker too long. I mean, uh, he ain't going to get no prettier. He really is not. So you're, you get there on time, maybe even a little earlier. Now, the boss likes that. I mean, she's probably watching you. And so when you get there on time, even a few minutes early, on the day before vacation, I guarantee you, you're at least on time. And you get there, and you don't look around and say, well, I wonder what I ought to do first. I mean, you've got a plan of action. You're a self-starter, and you are optimistic that you're going to be able to get the job done. You become the kind of person that would take their last $2 and buy a money belt. I mean, basically, that's what you are. Or, uh, you know, I tell folks I'm so optimistic, uh, you know, I'll put a dime in the parking meter while the redhead goes shopping. Now, if that's not (laughs) optimism, I don't know what optimism is. Okay, now you get started, you get your job done, and you see that start so important. Joe Saba put it this way. You don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. See, a lot of people never get started. You're extremely enthusiastic. I mean, you're just so carried away with it. And then let me talk about enthusiasm just a minute. You see, enthusiasm is kind of like running in the dark. You might get there, but you might get killed on the way. Blind enthusiasm, you know, if you're going in the wrong direction, that just means you're going to get in the wrong place quicker. Now, what you've got here, though, is a plan of action. Enthusiasm with a plan of action will produce dramatic results, and you're going on a lighted path. That's exactly what you are doing, and you are one more highly motivated person. You decisively move from one thing to another. You focus on the issue at hand. You discipline yourself to stay with the task until that task is completed. If somebody comes along and says, hey, you know, I wanna, did, did you watch that game last night? You know, scrimmage between those two. Boy, wasn't that neat? You say, look, I'd like to do that. I've got some things to do. How many of you have noticed that as a general rule, people with nothing to do want to do it with you? <laughs> have you? Have you noticed that? Okay. Well, now, the interesting thing is... The interesting thing is that when you are organized and disciplined, moving from one task to another, somehow or another, they just don't get in the way. They see that you've got something to do. And that enthusiasm and discipline shows up, kind of like little Johnny. Now, he was a one enthusiastic kid, second grader. One Friday afternoon, teacher said, Now, class, anybody has any unusual experience this weekend, let me know on Monday. The class will want to hear about it. Well, on Monday morning, little Johnny was a pistol. I mean, he was sitting there, and that kid was all over the place sitting still. I mean, and the teacher could tell, Johnny, I bet you had a good weekend. Yes, ma'am, I sure did. What'd you do, Johnny? Me and my daddy went fishing. We caught 75 catfish. They all weighed 75 pounds. (laughs) Now, Johnny... Son, you know that's not the truth. Yes, ma'am, it is. My dad is a great fisherman. I'm even better than he is. We caught 75 catfish. They all weighed 75 pounds. Now, Johnny, 
If I were to tell you that on the way to work this morning, on the way to school this morning, uh, just before I got here, a big old 1,200-pound grizzly bear ran up out of nowhere and was just about to grab me and eat me up when suddenly a little old eight-pound yellow dog jumped up, grabbed him by the nose, threw him down, bounced him back and forth, broke his neck and killed him. Johnny, would you believe that? He said, oh, yes, ma'am. I said, as a matter of fact, that's my dog. (laughs) You kind of put all of this together. You, you, you see, the discipline is important. The enthusiasm is important. The persistence is important. You see, 175 of the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies are former U.S. Marines. 26 of our presidents served in the military. Now, what do they teach in the military? They teach discipline and persistence and focus and organization and direction. And uh, all of these things are right there. And these are the qualities that would make you a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, a better employee, a better employer, the whole bit. All right. Well, Zig leads off, and I'm going to repeat it, with an amazing statistic comparing vocational positions and success with hours of TV watched. And, you know, within that, within TV, I'd also put in our day and age today, you know, just screen time, whatever it is. It may be on your computer, but it's watching stuff. You know what I mean? And this is a significant study. Here are the stats again, using people working. His, his example was people working at a large factory. People working the line on an hourly basis watched an average of 30 hours of TV per week. 30 hours. That's a, such a lot of time. Uh, the person in charge of that line watched an average of 25 hours. The foreman watched an average of 20 hours. The plant superintendent watched an average of 15 hours. The VP of the plant watched an average of 12 to 15 hours. The president of the plant watched an average of 8 to 12 hours. The chairman of the board watched an average of 4 to 8 hours, yet 50% of that time was watching training videos. So I would pull that out and say, you know, 2 to 4 hours. And then Zig asks, are those folks, and he's talking about the people who are watching the most, who are making the least, are they a victim of circumstances or a victim of inertia? Which I thought was an incredibly interesting statement. I mean, when did we as a culture begin spending so much time just idle? I mean, we're busier than ever, right? Everybody knows that's the answer everybody gets. How you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. Uh, busier than ever, but the time spent watching screens is at an all-time high. And I mean, you know, watching outside of productive work, like a training video. I mean, TV shows, movies, videos, social media outlets like uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all those. I mean, how many hours per week of unnecessary, unproductive time is spent by the average person, by, by you and me? Uh, so, Tom, I mean, most of your time is spent pursuing your calling, of, of course, which includes rubbing shoulders daily with other world changers who, of course, we know are spending very little time, if any, idle and just watching things, being spectators. They're participating in life, in their calling. But what I wanted to hear from you is a a story, I'm sure you have many, of someone who did have idle time. They were that, in essence, the, you know, working on the line at the lowest hourly rate, watching the most uh, TV, in essence, and they found a calling a desire big enough to make a commitment and they now have little time or care to pass it in front of a TV screen. Give us a story. Well, I'll tell you this, this, I'm going to give you the common thread to the stories that I hear on the road, wherever Mm -hmm. we go, whether it's a business executive, a speaker, 
you know, a community leader, someone, and it all happens around this one simple concept. They catch the vision. They catch the dream, right? It's all of a sudden they realize, wait a second, I was made for more. I was built for more. And they start focusing on this dream. And that dream, all of a sudden, dad calls it the opportunity clock, right? You're, you're waking up in the morning with an opportunity to go out and make a difference. The alarm clock is no longer a factor. Why? Because when we dream about our dreams during the night, we wake up with energy and go take them. And then we start judging the time that we have in front of us. And why would I spend time sitting on the couch or wasting away hours and hours and hours when that's not helping me fulfill my dream? And so when I when you ask me for a specific example, mm. it's across the board. Dad used to say, do you want to be a wandering generality or a meaningful specific? Mm. And it has to do with the target you're trying to hit. Meaningful specifics have a clearly defined target. Now, here's something else that's interesting. As once you have your target, your dream, the goal that you want, the, the purpose that you're called to, I would say this, clarity is a byproduct of your dream. And a lot of people say, wait a second, I thought clarity gave me my dream. No, I would say this, once you have your dream, all the other uses and and things that you could do with your life become very clear to you. Oh, you know what? This is how I'm going to get my dream. This this is the way I'm going to invest my time. This is the people I'm going to spend it with. And so once, so we, we think, oh, you know what I need is clarity. I need clarity. I need clarity. And it's always muddy because we don't have that purpose or that calling. On the other hand, once we get that purpose, that calling, that dream, then the clarity comes because now we can put the action steps in place to get to where we want to go. You see, if we're trying to get clarity without a destination, any direction will do. That's what we've got to focus on is what is that calling and how do we get there will come second. And that is, that's why we're here today. What do you want? And and so I'm going to, just a quick soapbox, TV, you know, I I love that he focused on that. I'm often amazed again in our culture today to hear people I know who complain about the overwhelmedness of their lives and the lack of time to do anything beyond mere survival. And yet they're really knowledgeable about the latest TV shows, you know, movies, media, news, and I mean, unnecessary time is being spent there and and only, you know, only those listening know how much your time you're giving to this, but folks, it is just idle time and it's entertainment, which some is okay, but how much? And again, when did it become that cultural right to, at the end of the day, watch X amount of TV per day? I mean, it, it is, it's just cultural. I mean, I have seven kids currently four extra also in my home. And we've never had TV hooked up to our home. I mean, the kids get to watch DVDs or documentaries, you know, on the weekends. And uh, though even there, we're often out at the lake or hiking or doing other events and there isn't time and they don't care. It's not part of their culture. And I mean, we all have our struggles and weaknesses and addictions. I mean, truly, I mean, we all do. I sure do. I sure haven't arrived. But I will say in regards to this, I got so many things I feel called to. and I'm grateful for that, that I average maybe one to two hours of unnecessary screen time per week. If I can find a good movie, which I love absolutely adore a great movie. I mean, but they're few and far between. And I hate risking two hours of my life to something that just passes the time and leaves me with, with nothing. And I mean, Tom, I'm sure you could attest the same. I'm not real up to date on the latest celebrity gossip or uh, even news. that not real relevant to my life. 
Um, I, I don't watch sports. I mean, life is, is so short and precious. I've got, it feels like life is a sport, you know? Um, of course, I was also raised on Zig, so I, I've heard this message before. And, you know, who in the clip, in the clip that we just listened to, he says, um, those who set goals, and this goes right to what you said, Tom, they make a plan of action. We're going to keep coming back to this in this show. And again, just like you do the day before vacation, which is why I love that analogy that he used, you have a goal and a deadline. You ditch the unnecessaries and forgo your favorite show or Facebook wall scanning. You make a list and you produce. And Zig asked, what would you achieve if you acted like this one day every week or two days or four days? Would you achieve a level of success that greatly increased your vacation days in general, overall, I bet you, you bet you would, but it begs the question of what do you want? Uh, of course, a vacation is great motivation to step it up a gear and forego the norm, but what else would get you to do it more often? What is that motivator? Is it, is it money? Is it serving those in need? Is it uh, improving your health and wellness, fame, peace in your life, margin in your finances and time, leaving a legacy, having a deep purpose and meaning in your day. I mean, just what you spoke to, Tom, what is that vision that you can catch? So, hey, I'm going to see if I can do this correctly here. I'm not so techy, but a movie I love and I own is called The Notebook and, and a famous scene. It's literally five seconds. I'm going to try to play it for you here just because it's been used a lot on social media um, because uh, you can you can do some you can have some fun with it. But I love it. Let me see if I can do it. You ready? Here we go. I'm going to give it a shot. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? Okay, I love that. If you know the movie, that's Noah in the movie. And he used that. And I I have seen that used a lot in different things. But what do you want? I love the passion that it's such a, it's a climactic point in the movie. What do you want? So until you figure this out, whether it's, it's one thing that you want or 10 or 20, there, there's, there's no reason not to be idle and all the goal planning that we talk about in the world won't matter. And I think this is why we see so many folks devouring self-help and improvement uh, resources year after year, but never doing anything. So what do you want, Tom? I mean, of course we, we would be, uh, at the pinnacle of success if we had a silver bullet for finding what you want. But there are, you know, there are ideas and, and resources. What would you, what are some that you would point people to? <laughs> well, one of my, uh, one of my good friends, his name is, is Joel, uh, Bogus, and, mm-hmm. and, and he has a, in fact, he has a, I think it's called relaunch is the name of his mm-hmm. podcast. But yeah. anyway, he, he taught me this. He, he said, look, people get, uh, really, really overwhelmed with the idea of committing to a purpose, right? Because what if we, what if we commit to a purpose and then we find out later in life, it wasn't our purpose to begin with. Mm. Oh, you know, so, so what we do is we hedge, right? We, we don't go for it a hundred percent. We, we kind of walk in that direction, but we don't run after it. Instead, what he says is focus on your passion. What is your passion? And I believe like he does that God gave us our passion. Mm. And so when, how do we discover that? Well, when you look back in your life, ask yourself when you were doing something in the past, what is it that you did that made your heart sing? You know, was it with friends? Was it with kids? Was it outside? Was it inside? Was it numbers? Was it relationships? What was it that you were doing that made your heart sing? Think about that. And then once you kind of figure out, okay, that's the direction I want to go, pursue it. You know, feed it. What you feed your mind determines your appetite. Mm -hmm. Once you find out kind of what your niche is, kind of start feeding that. 
And then ask yourself, and, and he called it two other circles, but you know, there's two other things you need to figure out. And, and one of them is when you look back at your life, what's the, the biggest obstacle you've ever overcome? The, you know, the biggest scar you have that you overcame. Maybe it was a bad business decision. Maybe it was a relationship that, that, that went south and, and it caused damage in your life. But you were able to overcome that. And look at that and say, what did I learn out of that? And then, of course, the third area is what kind of problems do people bring you? I mean, do people naturally bring you business problems? Do they bring you relationship problems? I mean, there's all kinds of problems out there. And if you, there's, there's a clue in that, and that is this, that whatever problems that people naturally bring you, that's where your gift is. And so the sweet spot of what you want, the dream, the passion that you have, is where those three things intersect. Where does your passion overlap with the biggest obstacle you've overcome with your gift? And somebody else told me this, you know, when we want to latch on to our dream or our vision, we've got to do it with both hands. And look at it this way. Your your right hand is the passion side, right? It's how bad do I want it? And your left hand is the skill side. How equipped am I actually able to go out and do that? And something that is is worthwhile for us to pursue is something that we are we have both hands around. We might be passionate about something like, let's just say I was passionate about being an NBA basketball player. I mean, I, I would practice 10 hours a day and do everything I could. Well, the reality is, is I'm slow, I can't jump, and I'm five foot nine inches tall. The skill or gift I have just isn't going to measure up, right? And so we've got to figure out that, that category that says I've got the skill and I've got the passion for it. So, you know, Kevin, I want to throw out a challenge to everybody listening, uh, especially those who, you know, find yourself in the rut of maybe spending a little too much TV time or screen time. I want to challenge you. You know, one of my quotes that I love that we talk about almost every time now is the fastest way to success Mm -hmm. is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. And so what I would like you to do is just take me up on this challenge and then send me the results. My email is real simple. It's tziggler at ziggler.com. And just send me the results, and I'll reply back to you. So if you have a question or whatever, that's good. tziggler at ziggler.com. And here's the challenge. For 10 days, I want you to subtract 10 or no, 15 minutes. 15 minutes of screen time. So you can be TV or wasted Facebook time or wherever you're doing that with purposeful dream time. In other words, I want you to get in a quiet place 15 minutes a day for 10 days, and I want you to think about your dreams, anything you want to be, do, or have. And, you know, maybe it only takes you a couple of days to really narrow down on one. That's good. Then I want you to spend those 15 minutes feeding your mind on how to get that. And the challenge is I want you to ask – I want you to send me – an email that says my clarity about what I'm to do next is either up or down. And I'm betting you, I'm, I'm betting you that you're going to see more clarity in your life than you've ever had. And so you see what we're doing is we're not, nobody gets an extra 15 minutes a day. We all get the same amount of time. All we're going to do is we're going to take 15 minutes that's being thrown away literally right now. And we're going to focus it on your dream. 
And when you do that, the energy in your life is going to go through the roof. So, Kevin, that's the challenge. I love it. You just threw down the gauntlet. And, uh, (laughs) folks, I mean, he literally gave you his email address. Give him uh, the results. Okay, this will be fun. So we'll talk about this in an ensuing show. And I want to hit another side of this uh, right after we thank some supporters here. Hey, anyone who knew Zig Ziglar knows he was a voracious learner. He read and learned and consumed all he could. Today, there's an overabundance of information to be had, but the question is, what can you trust? What's efficient and effective? So Linda, L-Y-N-D-A.com is the leading online learning platform. They've got over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. So check this out. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. You can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule. You, You can learn literally at your own pace. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite sized pieces. Uh, you can browse each course transcript to follow along or search for an answer and skip to the point in the video. Uh, take notes as you go and refer to them later. Download tutorials. Watch them on the go. Create and save playlists of courses you want to watch. And you can customize your learning path. Share with friends, colleagues, team members. So, hey, for a 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash Ziggler. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash z-i-g-l-a-r well i know there's some folks who who listen and hear some of that you know the the passions talk and and uh, some of the you know look at the obstacles you overcome and feel a void not much has happened i mean tom and some of my coaching and consulting and i'm sure you've experienced this as well there seems to be a decent amount of people who really, I mean, nothing significant has happened in their life. They went through their childhood. They went through school, went through college. And I'll tell you, and this is not to, you know, we start off with the analogy of a factory. And I I surely don't want to pick on that at all. But because it was literally, tangibly uh, spoken to me by multiple, uh, honestly, it was guys. I had a lot of clients who were middle-aged guys uh, who uh, some of them, a lot of them were still single. And they had a they had a, a childhood that was fairly inconsequential, nothing real great, nothing real bad, and had parents who worked a job for you know twenty, thirty, fifty years, and and did that. And there was just they really had a void. Nothing specific ever stood out in their lives. And so when we talked about some of these uh, you know passion type talk. They just they said, "Man, I hear you. I know there should be something more." I just don't know what it is. I just, I don't have anything to grasp onto and something that, and I think it was exposed to me somewhere was the aspect of just the, the relevance of get out and do stuff. Okay. It sounds really simplistic, but literally if you find, feel you're in that place, go out and do stuff, whether it's uncomfortable or not, but just go out, show up someplace. And I'll tell you now, this is not a guy. I say all that. This is not a guy that that fits in that, in that, uh, category at all. But one of my dear friends, Justin Lucas Savage, I think you know him as well, Tom, but Justin Lucas Savage, um, that is a guy he shows up. It's amazing. I mean, you, he's a yes guy. Hey, you want to go try this? Yeah, sure. You want to come to this, this event? Sure thing. And he got known for that. People ask him to do a lot of stuff. I have never seen a guy come up with more opportunities and have more ingredients to finding what he really cared about than this guy because he was a yes man. Reminds me, speaking of movies, Tom, I don't know if you've ever seen the one. It is uh, uh, Jim Carrey, I believe. 
what was it called? It was something like that. It, it was, it was, yes, the movie was yes or yes, man, or something like that. But it shows him going to this conference, you know, like a motivational conference. And it was just say yes. And how it changed his life. And it was really, it's a pretty profound movie. So, uh, yeah, Jim Carrey, and I don't know what it was called, but it was, it was, yes, was a, a big point of it. And it reminded me that Justin was that guy who just said, yes, go out, try stuff, join things, uh, do something outside of the norm, but go out and get involved and open up your horizons. In essence, it's interesting. I had a friend one time who was going through some counseling over, honestly, some OCD type behaviors and she was really confined in. And one of the main things she lived in Anaheim, California, where you can get to anywhere, 15,000 ways, you know, and one of her counseling treatments was drive home a different way every day during the week. So five times at least, at least five times, you know, five different ways, drive home different. Man, it was that hard for her. She knew which way was most efficient, where she was going to hit traffic, uh, all the, where she could get groceries, blah, blah, blah. So she drove the same way. That was so difficult. It was a great step for her just to break out of the norm, which is what we're talking about. So, uh, so for those of you who that speaks to, I hope, uh, maybe, maybe try something again, just it's, well, it goes right back to where you've been Tom, you know, replace and this is maybe it's not even a bad habit just replace a habit with something new um but uh once you find that like you said tom find that vision once you find it you now have what you find that want that thing you now have fuel to propel you but you still need a map right so what sequential steps will it take to get you there uh zig said again in the clip people who know where they are going and have a plan to get there are easier to to get along with and life is easier in general. And he mentioned, I want to come to this new year's resolutions. I thought this is really interesting. New year's resolutions for most people. It's just a new year's confession. I thought that was great. Isn't that so true? We make a resolution, but we're really just confessing. You know what? I am overweight. And so we make a resolution, but it's really just a confession, but he said, Hey, it's okay. That can be step one confession. If we, and if we get clear on that, it's kind of like admission, you know, admit the problem. The next step is making a decision to do something about it. Step number three, having a logical plan of action that you believe in, which I I, I honed in on that, a logical plan of action that you believe in. So if you make a plan of action that you really don't, well, you got some work to do. Make one that you believe in. And then from there, you you, you believe you could do it, and that is commitment. If you've made a commitment, when you hit the wall, and this is straight from the clip that we just listened to, When you hit the wall, the obstacle, the first thing you think about is how can I solve the problem so I can continue on? But if you haven't made a commitment, then your first thought is how can I get out of this deal? Then he goes into accountability, telling people what you're going to do, which for me and and Tom, you know what? I got a question for you on that, on accountability, because I have a certain way that works best for me on how I keep myself accountable. So I've got something I want to do. How do I really get myself to do it? I know what it is. And I want to ask you what yours is right after I think zip recruiter. So folks, we surveyed the Ziegler show audience right here, all you listening and found a high percentage of business owners, corporate executives and managers. So people who often need to fill a critical job position to keep their company at top performance. So do you right now need to fill a position in your business or company uh, in record time with a rock star candidate? Zip recruiters, you can, you can post a hundred plus job sites with one single click. You can watch brand new candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface within 24 hours, literally, plus be instantly matched to candidates 
From over 4 million resumes, ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And here's a, here's a review that I read on them. A uh, guy says, uh, Calvin, he says, it seems like the quality of candidates is so poor nowadays. People don't know how to write a compelling cover letter. They don't know how to interview. They want the world, but they aren't willing to put in the hard work to get it. ZipRecruiter offers a great way to weed out the duds from the studs. I love how they have a pre-interview section where people can actually write a synopsis of themselves. It's disappointing how few people actually take the time to write something of worth. I love ZipRecruiter and would definitely use them again. So, folks, today you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. Okay, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. All right, so, Tom, the way that I can make myself accountable to things is I jump off a cliff. I have to make something happen or I'm going to splat. I literally do. So I take risks or I at least put deadlines on things that I have to come through with or their consequences. I am not willing uh, to deal with that is literally. And, and it, again, I mean, I'm a pretty driven guy, but I can procrastinate and there's always something. Uh, I think it's kind of a, a, you know, the shiny object syndrome. So I set deadlines and make them with big consequences. That's how, that's what I, it's kind of a high pressure, high anxiety, not everybody's cup of tea. That's what works for me. I found that out. I haven't overcome the problem of my, you know, procrastination and my attention to too many things. I've just found a way to manage it. So that's how I manage it. Tom, what's your secret sauce for getting yourself to come through? Oh, I tell you what, the, the, similar to you, the first thing is I commit to others that I'm going to do this. So I kind of put my name, my word out there. Hey, I'm going to get this done. Uh, and then two is I, you know, I write into my goals planner and I make sure that I work on it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything big or significant, you know, it, it shows, it pops up on my calendar at the same time every day. I just make sure that I, that I have that redundancy there. That's always fresh on my mind. And of course, the bigger the thing is, the more important that that is, and then you set a deadline, like you said. Uh, and I mentioned our performance planner. We do have a seven-step process. And we know this, that goal achievers, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. Goal achievers, not goal setters, goal achievers, people who actually follow through and get it done, they do three things differently. They write it down in detail, right? They plan it out. They, they, they understand the obstacles, the knowledge they need to gain, the skills, whatever, Number two is they work on it every day or, or as often as necessary. Number three, they have an accountability partner. I mean, that's the key. I mean, if you want to be successful in anything, if there's a goal or dream you want to accomplish, that's it. You write it down in detail. How am I going to get there? Two, you work on it every day. And three, you get an accountability partner. Yeah. So that's, you know, I, I wish it was more complicated. You know, <laughs> there's another system that works really well. Um, and I'll just offer this out to anybody. It especially works great in weight loss. Uh, and this is a guaranteed system. The way it works is, is you send me an email that says, uh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this month. And then you send me a check for $10,000. And then 30 days later, I'll write you back and find out, did you lose the 10 pounds? And if you did in fact do it, you know, if you weigh and you've lost the 10 pounds, I will send you your check back for $10,000. If not, I'm just going to keep it. Everybody out there is kind of laughing. Why would we do that? That's crazy. Absolutely, it's crazy. But what we did is we just raised the stakes in your own mind, right? So when there's something absolutely you want to accomplish, you know it's going to change your life. Raise the stakes. And, tr- and if anybody out there wants to send me the money, I'm glad to hold it. 
<laughs> and I'll be even prouder to send it back because I know that literally or figuratively when that event happens, you're going to be so excited. And some of you are thinking, well, why would anybody do that? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it would work? I mean, if some if I gave a check to somebody for $10,000 to lose 10 pounds, you don't think I would lose the 10 pounds in the, in the month? Absolutely I would. That's what we're talking about, making that big of a commitment to yourself in a public way that you're going to follow through. I love that. That folks literally think about that. And I, I have a buddy who literally did it. It was with a business endeavor he wanted to do and some things he wanted to create a, uh, and produce. And he did that. It was a thousand bucks. That's, that's still sizable. And he actually uh, did it. I love what you said about a goal achiever, not a goal setter. Um, though your analogy also made me think about somebody sent me, uh, or tagged me, I think social media on, on, uh, one of those little posters. And it said, it's not that I need a personal trainer so much as somebody just to walk around behind me and slap the unhealthy foods out of my hand. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I can attest to that. Well, that is a great uh, segue into our ending folks. The last thing that Zig said, and I'm going to leave you with is he ends, he ends up by pointing out the need for enthusiasm number one, then discipline, number two, and then persistence. And I think it's important to notice that number one he gave is enthusiasm. Are you enthusiastic about your life, about a goal, about a vision, catching a vision, as Tom said, about that thing that you want? What do you want? Again, if not, this is your priority task. And uh, Tom, I want to, can we leave him with a, an inspiring quote? You got something ready for us? Oh, yeah, I do. And right. this, we're going to... We're going to get crazy. All right. We're going to get crazy here, and, and I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and then I'm going to ask you to follow along with me, Kevin, and everybody who's listening to this, whether you're in the car, on the exercise bike, uh, in your office, just kind of listen to this. you got to do this because it's kind of cool. So right. when it comes to your dreams, who's in charge of getting your dreams? Well, you are, right? I mean, I've got my own dreams. Nobody's going to get my dreams but me, right? Yeah. Right. And the same with you. So, so here's, here's the deal. You know, I want you to repeat after me. So Kevin, you're going to repeat after me when you're listening, you're going to repeat after when Kevin's kind of doing, I want you to say this out loud and you're just going to have to trust me. So it's it's not very long. It's only, it's only a few words, but you got to repeat after me. So here we go. And I'm going to stop between each phrase. So you ready? I am. Come on, Kevin, say I am. I am. Ridiculously in charge. Ridiculously in charge. Of my dreams. Of my dreams. There you go. I am ridiculously in charge of my dreams. There you got it. It's on your shoulders. Congratulations. You have just claimed responsibility and ownership of your dreams. So let me ask you a question. When it comes to pursuing your dreams, if not now, when? Yeah. Folks, there you go. You got some challenges and charges given to you today by Tom Ziegler on The Ziegler Show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm eager to hear back from you who are going to take us up on some of these challenges here. And we'll talk about it in an upcoming Ziegler Show. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZigglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want 
if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.